This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hi, Ellis Pod fans. It's JR here. Burt's Babes, Hoddle's Heroes, even Decanio's Dozens. We've had some iconic lineups in our history at Swindon, just like the legendary menu at McDonald's. Parkin' or Austin, sweet curry or barbecue? Why not get a McNugget share box to enjoy the debates with your mates? And thanks to book delivery, every drop-off could be a home win. Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points too. No one wants to drop points at home, and with tasty rewards to earn, you won't be missing out. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply see mcdonalds.com the talksport fan network is proudly teaming up with free for mental health awareness week this year we understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing but rest assured you're not alone there's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges honesty is key in any relationship if your friend asks you how you are feeling tell them honestly if you're going through a difficult time let them know Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Rodgers is streaking ahead and he's onside. Beautiful play! That is that! What a good shot! Oh, my friend is foul! post for Shearer, goal! McLaughlin has it, oh, deflection, and a goal! Goes to Mitchell! episode of series five of the low strangers podcast and it's an absolute howler of an episode where we take a look at the predictions that were made way way back in july of 2022 when the vibe was good there was optimism we dusted ourselves off from Port Vale away and we were looking forward to going again because if it ain't broke, don't try and fix it. Am I right? Here to justify their logic, returning is JR from from last July. Hello, JR. Hello, Rich. I'm wondering about that optimism. I think one person was was more optimistic than others reading back. (laughs) Hey, spoiler alert, spoiler alert, spoiler (laughs) alert. And also with us again, Ah, oh, Dave. Hello, Dave. Hello. I'm not sure about justify my logic or try and find excuses somewhere for how yeah. drastically wrong one person can be. Oh, dearie, dearie me. Um, I, of course, have looked through the results of this and wondered why. Well, I do wonder why on earth we're podding them because mm, it's not good. Um, let's go through this. It's going to be a mini pod to see how the season and start the summer 
schedule. So <laughs> um, we are recording this before the playoff final unapologetically because we want the season out of the way. We we were asked various questions and maybe we might spice up our predictions for 23-24 to make them a little bit more interesting. But we start with EFL League 2 promoted sides. So who went up? Um, automatically, promotion was secured by Leighton Orient. Stevenage and Northampton Town and an undisclosed playoff finalist between Stockport and Carlisle. Joining Leighton Orient, Stevenage and Northampton going into League One was Carlisle United. I went for Tramier Rovers. Yeah. Northampton Town. Hooray! Stockport County in the playoffs. Could happen and Bradford City, and they ended up in the playoffs. So no shame there, just Tramia Rovers really letting me down. JR, you went for Mansfield Town, who did what Mansfield Town tend to do, and that's choke at the very end. You also went for Northampton Town, kudos. And you also went for Bradford City and Stockport County, both of those ending up in the playoffs, and who knows? I don't, if Stockport went up or not. And Dave, you went for Bradford City. They ended up in the playoffs before they did Bradford City things at Carlisle. You went for Stockport County, which seemed like the worst shout of all at the start of the season. Um, But they rallied and got to the playoff final. And then your other two, are you ready for this? Gittingham and Swindon Town. Gittingham might be a really good call for next season, but not this season. JR, are you happy? Uh, reasonably happy. Um, yeah, I guess was kind of thinking that, like you say, Mansfield doing Mansfield things and choking. That is a continuous theme with some of those uh, uh, bigger, um, maybe better finance clubs in League Two that, yeah, they're always looking upwards and don't manage to get there. But I thought maybe the rot might stop uh, and they might get up there. Same as thinking about that for Bradford for the playoffs. So I thought we're going to make my third place. And um, yeah, Stockport, I thought we'd go to it for back to back and it, it just might happen, but yeah, to have, to have one of the automatics picked and to have two of the others in the playoffs is, is, is fine. That's good. I'm sure I would have had Ori in, in that top six. You absolutely would not have absolutely <laughs> no chance at all. That was the feel good hit of the season really compared um so yeah, JR, if if this was a first, second, third, JR finishes first. I think I go second, Dave, because I only have one real <laughs> dud. Um, but fortunately, you have two duds yeah. and one choke. Um, so uh, it's a fool's racket. I think I finished fourth. <laughs> <laughs> I think, yeah, I, I will never just, yeah, never be optimistic going into these things again. And I think Gillingham are maybe the one side who could argue to have a more disappointing season than we had last season. So I've picked them. Yeah, there. but they ended optimistically, didn't they? So, yeah, um, if, if that takeover would have happened six months before, you might have been right. But alas, it wasn't to be. The rhetoric continues into the next category, which was the EFL League Two relegated sides. I have given myself a little bit of polish um, for, for my justification. My answer was no idea, Barrow, but saying that they look quite good and Sutton United. So two blanks, even though I knew full well that Barrow clearly had a decent enough squad to stay up and they even ended above Swindon. 
Uh, JR, you went Colchester United, almost happened, and you went for Rochdale. Sadly for them, that did happen. And Dave, you went for Colchester United and Harrogate Town, which is actually quite a solid effort. Both struggled throughout the season. So I think I take the bronze on that one. Dave, you take the silver. And JR with another gold. JR, well done. There you go. Two out of two. That was good. Whoa, it was whoa, whoa, whoa. Two out of two is a bit strong. Just a little <laughs> bit warmer than the rest. <laughs> I think it was looking pretty bleak for, for Colchester for a lot of it. And um, until they had that that um, Matt Bloomfield strange renaissance that looked, uh, that looked odds on. He might have just given them just about enough uh, to stay up. But they didn't finish uh, that high away. The other the other likely contenders we missed off there of course was uh what was eventually Scotland's Crawley Town. I thought that we were probably talking about as being um you know a team who would be up there for promotion with their newfound crypto money and uh with Telford and our old friend Dion Conroy etc. That was um that was definitely a surprise that none of us had in there. No, I, I don't think any of us were having of it any of it. I don't think anyone was having any of Crawley Town. I think I think to the credit of the three of us, we, we saw through the facade and was having none of that cryptocurrency nonsense. Dave, you agree, right? Yes, 100%. 100%. <laughs> uh, Joe wins again. Okay, the next one is where will Swindon Town finish after 46 games? There's your optimism right there in the title. Where did we finish, chaps? Um... Uh... I can't remember. Tenth, wasn't it? We finished tenth. Come on, Dave. Do yeah. you do your prep? You asked for the results in advance. Come on. Um, in third place, with a realistic third prediction. <laughs> Hello, Dave. I was I was toning down my optimism a little bit at this point. Um, I will never be happy again. No. Oh, dear. Yeah. Um, JR, you finished a very close second with a prediction of ninth, you optimist you. Well, look, look, I get I get a lot of flack for being um eternally negative, but may I just may we just caveat that I I had imagined this ninth as being falling away at the last hurdle. I just imagine a flurry of games at the end would be too competitive and we'd just fall outside the playoffs. I didn't realise we'd be stuck around this from about January onwards. Yeah, there was no talk of Beamish lines in July of last year. First place goes to me with a very respectable spot-on prediction of 10th. Um, I'm absolutely disgusted with myself for this. This, you know, we spent the whole season saying anything other than promotion was a massive failure. (laughs) And there, there I am hedging my bets with a 10th place finish. Um, I went pessimistic, hoping to be proved firmly wrong. Dave responded to that prediction with fearing for season ticket sales if we finish 10th. We'll see how that goes. Joking aside, Dave, automatic promotion was absolutely essential for Swindon this year, or at least a very good season with like the, the playoffs maybe. And we finished 10th and everything you feared in conversations that we had last year are sort of happening as a result of that 10th place finish. Yeah, you want to be you want to be moving forwards, don't you? You want to be moving forwards in where you're going in the league structure. And we, we've gone from admittedly a bit of a surprising season where we were a penalty shootout away from a playoff final and we've gone backwards. And I mean, 
it sounds really obvious to say out loud, but that's the opposite of progress. And um, that can't be looked upon favourably. And when, I mean, the club have admitted it themselves that people only buy season tickets if we win in matches. So it, it stands to reason that we're going to struggle to shift as many tickets this year unless something big happens over the next couple of months um, in terms of sign-ins or what, what whatever. Um, yeah, we'll struggle to match the season ticket figures that we did last year when the the mood and the vibe was a lot a lot more buoyant than it than it ended up this year. Indeed. Okay, we move on to the next prediction. This is possibly the the final category where we we are kind of respectful of us <laughs> in in our in our predictions, and that was what are we going to do in the cups. Well, as as you will know. Our cup form this year was not great. JR, you were the most optimistic of the three of us. You went with an FA Cup exit of the third round and EFL Cup exit of the second round and a first knockout elimination from the Papa Johns. You saw wins and goals in the Cups for the season, didn't you? I saw that broadcasters pay money to televise games and I had a funny feeling that the club might be vaguely interested in that, but it turns out they absolutely weren't. Yes, indeed. Dave, you did very well indeed. You were correct for both the FA Cup and the League Cup with first round exits, but for the Papa Johns, you went with a first knockout round. You seem to think Swindon would care about that over anything else. Um well, no, I thought I thought we'd just benefit from um, not having the the Mo Dobra et al out out on loan at that point. Um, but I will say that my prediction for a first round exit in the main cups was underpinned by a belief that we'd be focusing on promotion. So I, I can't pat myself on the back too much for that. <laughs> well, I did a similar job, and I'm absolutely livid with myself because I spent the whole season sort of going, well, at least I was right in the prediction. So I got the League Cup right first round. I got the Papa John's right group stage, but I somehow thought we were going to get to the second round of the FA Cup. And I was certain I said all out. And I'm livid because I think I was just cowering to your optimism. You, <laughs> I'm looking at you, JR. Um, so I, I said, oh, FA Cup second round, why not? Where in my heart of hearts, I thought, nah, we won't do it. But hopefully under Michael Flynn, that will change. Yeah, because he is, of course, the cup man. Whenever any draw comes out, the draws that came out, to give the club the uh, much-needed excuses that they need for these, when you've got Warsaw um, in the Carabao and you've got the uh, Stockport in the FA Cup, it's not, uh, it's not your plucky National League South team coming round. So that kind of puts paid to progression when you're up against a, a team that is kicking on your own league, isn't it? We move to clean sheets. What a silly little prediction this is. Um, in third place, me, uh, with 10 clean sheets. Um, not helped by my prediction of 10 clean sheets, mostly by Lewis Ward. Oh, does training count? No, it does not. Um, and this is before he's Bryn is booed. Was it me that was booing Sol Bryn on the opening day um, of the season um, at home anyway? We'll, we'll never know. We'll never know. In second place, 
was JR with 15 and a prediction of mostly Bryn. So well done to you. But in first place is Dave. He got the number spot on, which was 13. But you gave a very specific nine for Bryn, four for Ward. Um, but it doesn't matter. Gold goes your way. Well done. Hooray. Mm. See that? Yeah. Yep, take that. That's all we need. That's all we need for this final episode of the season um, is hooray, I'll take that. And I have a feeling we might get similar um, in the next category, uh, which was most assists. I went for Ronan Darcy. I really liked him in pre-season and I think there's something there. I know a lot of fans do like him and maybe we at Under Low Strangers are a bit down on Ronan Darcy, but let's let's hope he, there's, he proves us wrong for 23-24. Uh, JR went with a very logical Tyree Shade. But Dave Abbott, the venerable, went for Romeo Hutton. Well done. Well, there was a lot of talk from um, Lindsay in the preseason about how he wanted to play with wingers and wing backs, And so putting, putting two and two together and figured that that would be where a lot of our attacking play came from. I did think, um, I, well, I do remember thinking that Hutton was promised to have a long throw and we might get some assist from that as well. But unfortunately, um, I think, I believe his long throw has been a bit over-promised. I think he's got a, mm, a slightly yeah. longer than average throw, but it's not um, it's not the cannon that I'd hoped. But I'll still, yeah, take, take <laughs> the win for the uh, assist. Good. Well done. You get it again. Top goal scorer. Can we move on? Is that okay? Can, can we not bother with top scorer? Is that... No? Okay, we'll, we'll we'll go with it. Dave, you went for unnamed hitman. He won, no, that, well, that counts, doesn't it? Yeah, well, it, <laughs> well, it counts because it's Charlie Austin, but he wasn't top scorer. <laughs> um, and yes, unnamed hitman. And you could say unnamed hitman could apply to anyone because you've just chosen not to, to name somebody, you coward. Um, JR, really good effort. Jake Wakeley, so you saw it from the start and he certainly started very well. I went for Harry McCurdy. (laughs) The winner, of course, was Johnny Williams with 10 goals. Oh, well. Never mind. We move on to best low knee. I take the bronze. It's not, this doesn't go well for me uh, for the rest of the episode. There's your spoiler. Um, I went for an unknown elite academy teenager. Hang on, hang on. You can't, you can't dig Dave out for saying unnamed hitman when you've done an unknown elite academy teenager in the next round. Come on. Well, I hadn't finished talking. I might have called myself a coward in seconds later if you just wait. Well, I to, should hope so. You know, I should hope so. Well, I never. Um, you went for Kieran and Brennan. Poor old Kieran Brennan. He got concussed and it never worked out for him, did it? No, probably because we kept playing him after his concussion. Oh, no, maybe I shouldn't say that. Jeez really. oh, <laughs> Louise. We didn't make that into the end of season review, did it? Um, and he's done it again. Dave Abbott with... Sol Bryn, he looks the part. Well, good for you. He did look the part, I think. And I, I think he still, in terms of like, actually, not not in terms of how he plays, but in actual how he looks, he does look. You're talking about his haircut, yeah. though, aren't you, Dave? Yeah. You're talking about yeah. his hair exclusively <laughs> and the fact that he looks like a tall man. And his rugged, boyish good looks as well. Exactly. Let's not forget it's those. Yeah. Not, not talking about his actual style of play. <laughs> no. <laughs> 
Well done. Very good. Breakout season. Yeah, this one should have gone mine and Dave's way. JR, you went for Ricky Agua. It really, really wasn't a uh, really wasn't a breakout. And another thing I've been whinging about for the whole of uh, the season was saying that we needed we needed a national league friend and someone to uh, to loan him out. And he he was one who did get to make national league friends with Torquay, and he had a disastrous loan spell as well. It's not been a good year. Yeah, um, Dave. We both went for Tom Clayton, and I think had it not been for that injury, he probably would have got that. Yeah, I think so. He, I think he really impressed when he stepped in. He looked a lot more mature and a lot played with a lot more composure than you might expect for someone of his age and his inexperience. Um, suffered a bit second half of the year, maybe effects of the injury, or maybe it was losing that experienced partner in McDonald to necessarily maybe guide him through some of the tougher parts of games. But I, th- I, I think you can easily claim that he was the break one of the breakout if not the breakout player of the season for sure indeed um that went to jake wakeling in reality next up unsung hero dave do you remember who you went for i do uh, because i listened back this morning uh, but i will claim i'm going to claim a technical win because i think the actual unsung hero of the season is the person i chose his spiritual successor in the team so i chose kyan harris but I think you can argue that Tom Brewer is the spiritual successor to Kyan Harris in, in so being a quite bulky and un, 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 appearing uncoordinated centre-back who, from a distance, if you squint, looks a bit like James Burgoyne um, of this parish. Um, not, Come back, not, JB. Where are you? <laughs> yeah. Um, I'd argue they're, they're a bit, both a bit clumsy, but I think Brewer... He seems to have won the hearts and minds of a lot of people this season. Um, and I think if, if Kyan Harris had avoided injury um, in January time and been fit when we had that dearth of players, which meant we were signing people from the, the Charlotte Scoundrels or wherever we got Brewitt from, um, then I think he'd have probably had more of a chance to shine the second half of the season. So I'm taking I'm taking a technical win on that one. Charlotte Scoundrels is actually sounds better than the... Tacoma Defiance or whatever it's called <laughs> so yeah fair play to you I went for Romeo Hutton which I think is a sound a sound prediction and given the 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 change of opinions or the negative opinions on the guy I think it might be quite an accurate statement but JR went for a double header he went for Ben Gladwin but also went for Johnny Williams and he was the unsung hero so there you go gold medal yes both correct my new Sharad Dimdiok. And uh, yes, if I win the lottery, I'll be putting a statue of both of them next to that uh, Trollope and um, Don one that goes up. Lovely. Okay, well, we'll we're almost finished. This is a lovely small edition um, for the end of season. Most improved. Uh, I went for Ricky Aguilar. Moving on, uh, Dave, you went for Jake Wakeling. A uh, very good prediction. I think he started stronger than he finished, but very much in the conversation. JR, what's the matter with you? Harrison Minton, well done. I did kind of hope that he would have, like like we'd said in the uh, in the awards uh, show, that I'd hope that he would have featured more uh, and sooner, but uh, I'm glad that yeah, he's got the recognition that he deserved. Yeah. I, I can't help, Dave, than feel that I've said that we're almost finished and I'm getting minimal responses now. <laughs> it, is, <laughs> it is five past ten on a Monday evening. Mm. We're nearly there. We're almost there. We'll move on to fans' favourite. 
Dave, you went for Romeo Hutton and Tyree Shade. Not quite the fans' favourite that, that many expected. I went for Saidu Khan, and I think there's an argument there. I think he is um, kind of Marmite to a degree, but lots of people like Saidu Khan. And JR, you went for Tom Clayton. Fraser Blake Tracy would win it, so no joy there. Penultimate one now, it's the Lou Reed Spreadsheet Champion. So this was us trying to guess who the listeners and the pod would give the most Man of the Match awards to over the season. Not great from either of us. Um, JR and Dave both went for Ellis Iandolo, um, who I don't think got a single Man of the Match from anyone over the season. I'm just checking that. Yep, that is that is correct. Ellis Iandolo got approximately... No man of the matches over the season, and neither did mine, Angus McDonald. So between the three of us, we chose two footballers who didn't get a man of the match. Indeed, one of those would leave halfway through the season. We're great at this, aren't we, JR? McDonald must have at least got got a mention for He might have got nominations, but he didn't win the majority. So no dice. I think Ellis was... I think last season we were starting to feel that... Maybe and maybe this is, you know, his his curse as much as his blessing is that Andlo is so bloody versatile that you know he always gets sidelined anyway. We thought he'd found his his best position up in uh, midfield, but unfortunately for uh, for him and Lindsay, you know, he thinks that his best place is uh, left back and. Lindsay passionately agreed and it really, really wasn't. Yeah, Dave Angus MacDonald, no votes either. Um, I can see why you guys went for Ellis Iandolo. He finished third in the Man of the Match votes last season behind Lou Reed and Jack Payne. Um, so it's, you know, you want him to kick on. Angus MacDonald, you know, I thought he was good for Swindon. The injury sort of made it, made it trickier. This is a player who I'm sure was on a quite a serious wage and I think the club decided that it was best to cut all losses this is based on Angus McDonald's uh, quotes since then things beyond his control and all that he seemed to always have a shaky five ten minutes opening but then was pretty solid whenever I saw him Um, a a shame because that was probably one of Sandra DiMichele's more logical signings last summer yeah I liked um, I like McDonald I think he he was a bit different. He wasn't um, the. I don't think he was the prototypical player out from the back and comfortable on the ball centre back that um, they might the the, the that Sandra etc might have aspired to fill the team with. But I think he had the skills to give us exactly what we needed in terms of leadership and in terms of getting through those tough moments. And I mean, you had the uh, the stats back it up. Um, we were conceding a goal a game in the first half of the season and we were conceding about 1.5 goals a game in the second half of the season when we didn't have him. Um, so, yeah, it's a shame to have lose him. And I think you can you can see the logic there why you'd think he'd get a lot of the man-of-the-match votes, um, especially when you consider with the, the background of we, we were replacing Dion Conroy. He was replacing Dion Conroy, who many thought was a bit maybe not, not strong enough as a in the in in the dark arts of being a centre back, and McDonald may have came in with a bit of promise to deliver that. 
Um, so yeah, you can see the logic there. A lot more with hindsight than you can see the logic for um, putting Iandolo forward for it. Um, <laughs> oh, again, thank you. Thank you very much. But, you know, we weren't to know. And finally, nothing encapsulates the, the, the past season more than our final prediction. And that was our prediction of who the podcast's best player would be, player of the season. I went for Lou Reed. JR went for Lou Reed. And Dave went for Lou Reed. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, like you say, hindsight's a wonderful thing. It makes perfect sense last season to think that Iandolo is going to be the spreadsheet champion and that Lou Reed is going to continue to be um, our best player. Definitely seems like, I mean, when will we ever really know what was going on here? It definitely seemed like things soured between you know, him and whatever aspects of the, uh, the club that he took issue with fairly early on because he was quite quickly shunted out for Khan and that was that was pretty much him out. I mean he didn't start the season, you know, quite the linchpin that he finished, but things were maybe not set in a way to uh get the best out of him and perhaps he uh perhaps he wasn't shy in expressing that. Either that or I keep assuming that there must have been an early attempt to time down uh for a longer contract and that didn't work out. I'm really looking forward to when you get to interview him one day, uh, Rich, because there's going to be a lot of question marks over this for probably for a number of years, I imagine. It'll be one of the great mysteries that we'll uh, we'll debate for the years to come. Dave, would you agree? Yeah, no, 100%. I think he didn't... He He obviously was upset with whatever was going on behind the scenes, and that translated into his play. And I don't think... I think when you compare... The, the players he had around him last year and the likes of um, Comroy and Wallacott that he could play those quick passes with and be comfortable and confident that he'd get the ball back and they'd give him the ball back in good positions. I think we took it. We The replacements this year weren't quite as comfortable on the ball and when he's trying to be that quarterback role, I think that um, made things a little bit more difficult to him, um, which kind of contributed to his bit of a drop-off in performance. Um, but I don't think any of us saw it happening as as starkly as it did. Mm, Quite. Well, there we go. That's the end of the 2022-2023 Low Strangers series. A big thank you to all the enthusiastic contributors over the last year and an even bigger thanks to the listeners for their contributions and for listening, of course. Thank you ever so much so until series six which starts in approximately a few days <laughs> it never ends uh, jr thank you very much thank you and thanks to everybody for listening this season and dave thank you very much thank you very much um promotion charge next season let's do it enjoy the summer everyone The Low Strangers is an independent supporters podcast. Views given do not reflect those of Swindon Town Football Club or their official partners. The music is provided by the great Matthew Kilford and the podcast artwork was designed by Matt in Singapore. What a guy. Thanks for listening. Come on, Swindon. Has that bubble? Bye.
boys. It's a grand old team to play for. And it's a grand old team to sing. Talksport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Hi, Ellis Pod fans. It's JR here. If Swindon players were McDonald's items, who would they be? We've had lots of Big Macs like the legendary Alan McLaughlin, Harry McCurdy or even Steve McMahon. Perhaps you'd prefer to channel the power of McPlant like Darren Ward, or maybe five chicken selects, one to enjoy for each time Ben Gladwin joined. Yep, there's one spare, but there's still time. And you don't need super scouts or data solutions to get your hands on any of these. McDelivery through the McDonald's app brings them all to you. At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. 